Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, it's Jose Galison of No Way Jose. You can find me on the No Way Jose YouTube channel. You can also find me on all the major podcatchers and Odyssey as well. Today, my guest is James Gentleman of the Blackbird Podcast. I have uh, Reed Coverdale of the Nashville Capitalist and Top Lobster of TopLobster.com. He's the, the art dude. Um, I was supposed to have Clint, but he uh, that kind of fell through. He was having audio issues today, so we're rolling with four for now. Uh, I mean, it was just kind of funny. It worked out because when I uh, first came up with this idea for the hundredth episode, I wanted to go the four man thing, and I joked with Reed that it was going to be the uh, four pony boys. So it's like a shitty knockoff of four horsemen. So that's kind of what we're rolling with today. the uh, The topic today is I wanted to go over like supporting liberty. I feel like it's a uh, it's kind of a good topic considering you know it's my hundredth episode. So it's uh it's kind of like an homage to the people who helped me get here. Uh, I do want to let you guys know what my normal, like my new template for the show is that usually like these, this right now is a live stream. So normally this is, um, this is a little bit different. This is my hundredth episode, so I'm not going to do this, but normally what I'll do is once I've done streaming, uh, I'll put it on, uh, on unlisted and it will only be available for my patrons at that point or whoever saved the link. Uh, and I also give patrons a code or try to remember to before every episode to tell me in the comments so I know that they're one of my patrons and they don't have to super chat and I'll, uh, I'll give their qu- uh, comments preference. So yeah, anyways, like I said, uh, the topic is supporting Liberty. Also, this is a hundred episodes. So I want this to be more interactive. So you guys in the comments, uh, drop questions, comments, whatever. Holy shit, Toad. Yeah. Um, have a hundred. He just, you know, coincidentally, he just did it just now have a hundred for a hundred. My man, this is also the gayest lineup you could have here. I'm surprised you're not all inside of each other. It's only because we're separated by distance, and that's physically impossible. Um, but yeah, I mean, here at Tom Woods here soon, I think uh, me and James, and I, I don't know if, if Top will be there. I'm assuming he will be. Um, but anyways, yeah, I said, uh, like I was going to add, too, where this is uh, more interactive, so because uh, it's the 100th episode, I want to be kind of more fun and shit. Uh, we were just talking about jelking in, in, the pre, in the pre-recording, so that, that was fun. Maybe we'll touch on that a little bit. Um, but yeah, so definitely, you know, be interacting in the live chat and we'll, we'll get, try to get you guys in there. Obviously I'll give preference to super chats. Um, yeah. Uh, as always, I like money. Patreon.com says no way Jose 2020, uh, top lobster. He is here. You should go check out his clothes and all of his apparel at top with that. Let's go ahead and bring these homos in. What's up guys. Holy shit. Pop over here. <laughs> oh yeah. That's my parents ghetto neighborhood. Yeah, James is not at his normal recording locations, <laughs> and uh, I mean he's pulling a reed right now. <laughs> yeah, this sort of is my normal, you know, recording location, but it's just a different place all the time. So I swear, if you look more professional on in the next episode with Siraj, <laughs> I'm gonna be really upset. <laughs> you bring up like a backdrop and everything. <laughs> nope. Yeah, reed's gonna come in. What you know, he's like really professional when he comes in looking wet. He's, yeah. He doesn't look wet today. <laughs> yeah, so, the, uh, the, the, the secret to success on a YouTube channel is setting the bar really low so that you can meet it every time, and that's what I do. So. That's great. You are you are a corny grifter, Reed. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Nothing interesting to say either. So. Yeah. Oh, 
Oh my god, Brutal. that was a, that was so good. I mean, we uh, yeah, I blocked him too because he just randomly out of nowhere came at me for no reason. So for those in the know, I'm not gonna go too much into it because I'm not even really trying to drag him because I actually yeah. we always had good interactions. I don't know if he's just unwell. It's just weird. He just well, you saw I had good interactions too. Yeah. Like it was yeah. you know, interesting, <laughs> and you know he wanted to talk. Then I went from that to not interesting to nothing to say. So you know, yeah, he's one of my favorite people in the world to be honest. Like yeah. I uh, aside from some of the just kind of awful things he says to and about people. Um, we've had nothing but pleasant interactions between yeah. the two of us. Same here before. And then he just sniped at me for no fucking reason. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't need this kind of schizo shit. <laughs> this, is, this is super inside baseball, though. Yeah. yeah. I don't even uh, know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good, good, good. See, that's yeah. me usually. I usually have no idea who anybody, anybody's talking about. Like that, that dude was, that was supposedly beating up his wife that you guys were all tied up in. No idea who that guy is. And I love that. Why platform riggers? I oh, don't no, he's, know that is. he's a trucker. Oh, okay. We're truckers. I don't. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's a different profession. Retard. All right, Jermaine Vincent. One, two, three, Whoa. four, five. Let's begin. Congrats on hundred episodes, bud. Damn. But here's the nineteen hundred more. Keep the good work. Yeah, I appreciate it, dude. Yeah, like all these, you know, keep giving me money, people. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do appreciate that, though. It really does mean a lot that you guys are here doing that. Uh, but yeah, uh, now let's go ahead and get into it. We'll do the generic. You know, we'll introduce themselves. But I do kind of want you guys to intro yourselves and kind of tailor your message. To kind of how we know each other and then kind of how you've come up in the movement because what i really want to focus on here is how you like kind of supporting liberty and how we can help each other because i do think and we'll i'll kind of tie this into some other topics as we go and i, I think it'll become more clear what i'm getting at but uh i'll let you guys go uh, i'll let james go first since we we were kind of uh we were we, we came up together you know that, that's why I, I thought of you because we were we were og starting at the beginning starting from the bottom and now we're here so. Were we on each other's? We were, we were in each other's like first few episodes. I know. I think you might have been actually my second interview. Uh, so what am I doing? Am I answering the question? What's supporting liberty to me, or what's the deal? Well, just like an intro of yourself. Oh, you know, okay. Great. Yeah. The movement, and then kind of like then focusing on that that kind of that that a little bit because you can kind of sure. you know how people have helped you out through how the movement, how people in this movement have been accommodating or not, you know, kind of thing, stuff like that. So. Uh, so yeah. Great. Thank you, Drew, for calling us handsome too. Um, I know he's yeah, so, the most handsome. I'm, <laughs> of course he does. It's the mustache. Uh, I'm James. I host the Blackbird podcast. Um, so I've been in the movement, like the movement proper, I guess, since Ron Paul's 08 campaign. Um, I wasn't like moving in the movement, but I was definitely adjacent to it. Uh, and then, I don't know, man, like Ron Paul was kind of the, the guy for me. Uh, in 2012, I was also real. I, it, that was when I was a little more active. I was a delegate to the convention and stuff like that for him. Um, and then uh, I don't really know, man. I became like an LP guy, and then I became an agorist guy for a little bit. Started a podcast that was originally like agorist oriented, uh, and that kind of fell through. You know, the the thing with the agorism was that. Vin Armani wrote an article in his like $150 a year newsletter that nobody reads except for me and like Pete Quinones and maybe a few other people uh, about armchair agorism. And he like quoted me at length. It was right after I interviewed him. I thought it was a perfectly pleasant talk, but he apparently did not feel the same way. Um, and that kind of, that, you know, I kind of questioned agorism after that. And I know I shouldn't like hang my opinions of a uh, ideology on like one person. Um, but that kind of crushed my spirits a little bit, I guess. Uh, so I went back into the Mises caucus kind of world. I'm still there. Um, but now I'm a lot more in the Jason Stapleton, like wealth, power and influence. Um, I'm definitely sold by Jason's and Matt, his co-host, their kind of thesis that you you can't have liberty in the world if you don't create it in your own world. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, just trying to, trying to build as free a life for myself as I can. Um, so to that end, I've got a bunch of yeah. side gigs and have a remote, a remote job where I can work from anywhere. Like I'm, you know, in Texas right now, I normally live in Minnesota, um, but I've been working all day. So, yeah. And you've yeah. got some killer, killer guests too, to, to touch on the supporting Liberty. I know from the, from the get, you had like Thad, you, you got, you got Tom Woods. Like you're one of those, go ahead, sir. Yeah. Well, I, being that, being that I've kind of been in these circles for so long, I mean, like I work for Thad, so he kind of, you know, he pays me, and um, I think I'm going to be joining his Renegade Media Network here pretty soon. Nice. So, like, we were already, we were already, you know, connected. I was already connected with Tom. I've been in his Facebook group for uh, like half a decade. So, um, 
you know, I mean, I've, I've built these connections just kind of behind the scenes. So I was able to kind of hit the ground running on that. Yeah. All right. Uh, I guess we'll go ahead and move on to, to read. I, I guess, cause you've definitely, uh, I mean, me, you, Clint, I mean, if Clint been here, we, we definitely, the three of us have like a big name to attribute to whatever the hell, you know, quote unquote success we've gotten. So we, we've definitely, you know, we kind of, it's, we're all building off the shoulders of, each other to some extent which i know a lot of people make fun of for being like grifters or whatever but it's kind of like well that's just how shit works i, I don't know what to tell you that's just like anything any business any anything networking matters <laughs> like it's just and it's not even like in a shitty way it's just if you're a good person that interacts well with others and you you know you like it kind of you kind of build each other up so but go ahead i do want to real quick uh, bring up this one six is worse than the hauler cause Oh, okay. I didn't get it until I read it, and now I get what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> a hauler caused? What? <laughs> to hear it out loud. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's um, a good way to put it. I first started getting attracted to libertarianism in, like, 2014, and then I supported Rand Paul's campaign in 2015, 2016. Uh, and then I voted for Gary Johnson, but just wasn't impressed. So I actually went, like, the I don't know about power and influence, but the wealth route, like in 2017, 2018, 2019, I was just working all the time, saved all my money. Uh, I've been financially independent, not not financially independent, but not uh, tied down by debt or anything. My entire life, I've always been able to travel, quit jobs if I want to move different place, do basically whatever I want to do. Um, but then in 2020, I started feeling like, okay, now I actually have to get involved politically because of everything that's going on. Like I, you know, I hadn't been involved, but I was realizing the, the longer you stay uninvolved, the quicker they're going to show up your front door eventually, no matter what you do. So um, I actually got back into the libertarian party last year. And uh, the beginning of my show was really just having libertarian candidates on all around the country who were running in Congress or, governor or state legislatures i had like i don't even i think i had like 20 people on or something from all over the country um and what had inspired me to start the show was the cares act going through and nobody knew what was in the cares act and then thomas massey was the only registered vote against it or the only guy that like made a stink about it and no one gave a shit so i was like oh my god i want to do a show and start talking about this type of stuff um, and then when the COVID relief bill went through in the end of last year, that kind of just blackpilled me because it was the same exact thing, you know, almost the same size bill, even more waste. And everyone was just like, well, am I going to have my $600 for Christmas? And so I got really depressed and I thought about like, you know, maybe the Libertarian Party, the Liberty Movement is just a joke. Maybe we should be trying something else. And then in the beginning of January, I basically put out this tweet this really all started from a tweet just saying like look if we're gonna have a liberty movement we need a strong one where we can put the petty bullshit behind us and kind of unite on the big ticket items and i tagged a bunch of people in it and then it just blew up um and that's how i got to know dave smith and phil Lebon and like a lot of the up high guys and dave started uh networking with me he started like uh, sending me messages and we were in this group chat and then we did videos together and Dave really promoted me big time. That's kind of how I had this rise. And then uh, Ryan Dawson's the other guy I've had him on quite a bit because uh, he lost his channel in January of this year. Uh, so he comes on my show all the time. He promotes me. I try to promote him. And um, I don't know, like the original, <laughs> the original reason I started the channel was over like what's going on in Congress but then by the end of last year, I just got so blackpilled on Congress. It was like, what's the fucking point? Like Congress has just lost. So the purpose of the channel is kind of switched to just talking to people about libertarian ideas or talking to people who work for a living about the ideas of liberty and regular life. And we talk about culture, religion, all sorts of different things. And pretty interesting. I've had Peter Schiff, Abby Martin, um i'm gonna have tulsi gabbard sometime soon so it's uh it's really blown up and i'm really thankful for everyone who's helped and like you said we've been building off each other and uh building this up so uh yeah it's interesting and it's in flux and i don't really know where it's gonna go it'll be cool to see 
Yeah, you've been killing it lately. lately. The Abby Martin like nab was fucking wild. Um, but yeah, top uh, this uh, this theme I feel like actually applies to you probably more than damn near any of us. Like with you, like with with what you do, you're helping out uh, content creators, and it's kind of like it also then gets a name for yourself out there, and so it is a little bit incestuous, but it kind of works out where you you kind of have. I mean, you're I'm, I know you're busting your ass though. You're fucking dropping art fucking everywhere. But yeah, I'll, I'll just let you go. Uh, give your give your little intro and shit like that. So yeah, so uh, I guess I got started with this maybe uh, four or five years ago. Well, depends on what year it is. <laughs> I don't even know what date it is today. Yeah, about four or five years ago, I was like kind of interested in in not necessarily liberty, but uh, just politics in general. I was I was always kind of like like in the sports realm or whatever, just a step away from politics and kind of ignoring it. This person's the president, whatever. And uh, like the Trump moment kind of got weird and started to uh, it started to shake people and, and 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 make people that I know act differently. So I started paying attention. And then uh, I guess I went the Dave Rubin route, which uh, well, Clint, Clint is going to have on pretty soon. So shout out to Clint. But, uh, you know, you, you go through. Uh, you experimented. Well, you go a little gay for a little while. You know? Yeah, a little. <laughs> yeah. Touch a little here. Touch a little there and see, you know, put put on different suits. This doesn't fit right. This doesn't feel right. And uh, yeah. And and then uh, one day heard, you hear, I heard Dave Smith and uh, that was a wrap. I. At first, I was like kind of dismissive of what he was talking about because it was uh, from 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 what I had already amassed, like the knowledge of politics. I was like, oh, this is left wing shit that he was talking about. But I was like, let me hear him out because uh, the intellectual dark web says to listen to these people. Right. So I, I heard him out. And and from then on, I was like, God damn, that's it. He, ch- he changed my mind. And there's no uh, there was no recovering from that. That truth bomb It was kind of like like if you read uh, if you read Anatomy of the State or, or any kind of like, I don't know. And no treason from Spooner. That's one of those things that kind of just blows your mind, and you're like, okay, everything from now on is different. So uh, that's, I guess, that's my political uh, origins, sort of. And uh, as far as the drawing thing, I've always been drawing. So uh, I've, I've been doing a lot of things that I I don't monetize in my life, and drawing was one of the first things where I said, you know what, I, I have the skill to do this. Let me uh, let me see what I can make this into. So I started with my job, and I was doing like shitty T-shirts or whatever for. The guys there, it, it, that picked up steam, and I, I said, "All right, there's something here." And then trial and error, I, uh, you know, using different manufacturers and this and that, uh, different tablets, different techniques of drawing. It, it was a lot of a lot of doing things r- the wrong way before you figure it out. And uh, a- anyway, I, I ended up in Dave Smith's uh, the part of the problem Facebook the inner inner circle Facebook thing before it got nuked and. And I, I had done a drawing for Robbie the Fire just, just to mess around. And Robbie liked it. He put it as, I think it's still his Twitter header. And then I did another drawing for Dave Smith as the Libertarian Tupac. And, you know, they asked me, him and Brian McKay were like, hey, can we sell this on Gas Digital? So like, yeah. So that, that kind of put some wind in my sails where I'm like, all right, there's, there's something here. There's some kind of weird market. And at the time, I was also floating around MeWe, which is where I saw Jose. Jose was always like, yo, check my shit out. He'll pop in in that same group on MeWe. So I was familiar with him, but I like we didn't really make too much contact back then. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. So I guess that that kind of gave me the confidence to uh, to start to spread out a little bit. And I, I said, you know what? I'm just going to start to like just just put my stuff out there and uh, and see what happens, see if the market will respond. And it just so happens that I fell into a market where I'm like the only person doing this. And there is such a need for uh, what you guys do with, with the podcast, you're, you're bringing this, like this verbal entertainment and also this visual entertainment, but there's a, there's a lack of like an artwork or, or something that goes with it. Like maybe musicians for intro music. Uh, you have Justin Campbell, who's doing the video editing for a lot of you guys. And it's like, there is, there's a, I feel like one of those little, uh, those little fish that kind of just feed on the whales, you know, the, the, the feeder fish. And, and, you know, we have, we have a couple of whales here that are just like really moving forward and I'm just happy to leech onto you guys and be able to like tag, (laughs) put my little, uh, my top lobster on, you know, whatever you guys are doing. And, and yeah, man, just the fact that you guys have accepted me in the community and I'm I'm really grateful for it and it's opened up so many doors for me. So in, in, you know, yeah, in essence, that's, that's kind of what's been going on with me. Yeah, I mean, I know I can speak for most everyone, everyone else, and we definitely we don't feel that way. I mean, I, we're super grateful for what you do 
Because, like, it is, like, you, you got a perfect little niche. Like, uh, to touch on Tower Power Hour, like, what I'm doing in my show is, like, I tried to be a little bit different, but there is a, a lot of people are doing it. But something like Tower Power Hour or what you're doing, it, like, fills the, these niches that aren't really being filled. And so it is, like, and then there's obviously a demand for it. Like, with what you're doing, obviously, like, with the art. Like, everyone who starts a podcast, like, most of us don't know how to do art or how to get decent art or how to do any of that. And then you, you got you that come along. So, uh, Reed, you were about to say something? He's drinking That's a white good. claw. I was going to make a joke. <laughs> you were going to make a joke? Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, he's the second best Liberty truck driver, so of course we're going to accept him. But well, Maybe not for long. Maybe not for long. And we'll just leave that conspicuous for a little while. I know. Tom, it feels like you're the, I mean, among us, you're the only one who's actually like producing something tangible, which as like, like I'm a pretty good interviewer, um, so I don't want to sell myself short, but like you're actually, you're actually like putting something out into the world that's not just like, some intellectual thing like you you have a real skill that can actually spread liberty to people who aren't like looking for a libertarian podcast so don't say you're yourself short either you know what i mean it, it, this is it's, it's a weird thing about art sometimes they'll like people ask me like how much will do you charge for this or that and it's like i try to say well it's going to take me this amount of time but it is subjective so when like like what you're saying right now is uh how do i phrase this the right way it's it the value of what you guys do is subjective to different people but i'll let you know that i listen to most of you guys as i'm drawing so you guys are the fuel to what i am doing whether i'm listening yeah. to dave smith or jose or blackbird or or whatever it is and the naturalist capitalist read i know i see you looking i i am like it it, it, it kind of <laughs> it, it does keep me focused so it's a symbiotic relationship you know kind of need each other in that in that aspect as well <laughs> yeah yeah no i mean i get what james is getting at though you actually have legit talent uh us guys we just take something that's really only about five minutes of content and stretch it out to like an hour hour and a half that's really what it is <laughs> I, I can't yeah, do I mean, it even like God bless Drew you. hancock has to actually put videos together like we just put up a microphone and talk for an hour like it's it's like, yeah. it's not really the same level like you guys are you guys are like actually making art it's a little bit it's a different mm -hmm. level i think like it takes a lot more effort and i mean not that interviewing doesn't take any effort but it's like yeah. it's a little bit different so. it's, it's a skill but it's like a, i mean once you kind of get the hang of it it's not that hard everyone makes it out like podcasting super hard or a lot of people do i, I feel like a lot of, it's funny seeing the expectations some people have but it is like uh it is i don't know it really is for like you know especially if you're doing like an interview thing you find someone who's who Find a topic you want to talk about. Find someone who's good at that topic, and then you use. What do you think about this topic? And then you let them talk. Like, say you have Scott Horton, you can just ask like two questions and just sit there like <laughs> like an idiot for an hour. And just, or Ryan like, Dawson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ryan, so, you don't even have to say anything to Ryan. You just like have him on, and he'll start going. And you have to you have to like interrupt him for thirty seconds until he stops talking, and then be like, yeah. Ryan, 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 Ryan. I wanted to ask this. <laughs> I made that mistake with Scott. I had Scott on, and I wanted to. It was like at the very end of the Trump presidency. I wanted to get like a post mortem from him on Trump's foreign policy, he was like, well, it all started with Jimmy Carter. And just like, we got to the Iraq war and never touched Trump for the entire hour and a half that he was on. Um, so I guess part of the skill of like interviewing too is knowing when to interrupt the person, which I hadn't yeah. quite grown that muscle at that point. Well, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Like the first time I had Ryan on, I think I said like 10 words over an hour and mm -hmm. a half. And it's because I mean, now if I have them on, like I just interrupt them because I just know that's what you do. And when you're new at that type of stuff, it's kind of intimidating. So, yeah, but I, it, like he said, it is like a muscle because uh, with the artwork, Josh, well, I had started drawing for Josh and that, that kind of happened really strangely. And he was like, yeah, we're just going to do like one show a week where you'll draw and the other one will be like a template. He wanted to do like a, he was going to do a solo show. So I was like, all right, yeah, I can do that. Turns out uh, five five shows a week, and it's like a different person every time. And I just become so economical at drawing people. Like I can, yeah, just, I know exactly what I want to do once I see what I got to do. So I'm I'm pretty sure as interviewers, you guys have become you know economical at at where you want to go with the yeah. conversation. It's yeah, it, it might be second nature, or you're getting there at least. Getting there for sure. Yeah. Your I concepts. Go ahead. Sorry. Your your concepts topper are amazing i mean like just the the like I've, I've i've like just laughed openly at some of the stuff that i've seen when josh posted on instagram it is hilarious yeah it helps being in the tower power hour chat that uh they, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it's mostly from them. <laughs> Dude, your uh, Jackman radio special poster, that was amazing. Like shooting the plane down with Epstein and Bill Clinton. and the- yeah. <laughs> that, was all, that was all from Eric's mind. That one. Not sure, but the visual representation was amazing. So, uh, <laughs> the, sh- the shoe you. one's pretty infamous, I think. I mean, that's yeah, probably, that I think, the, the best one. That was your idea, Jose. <laughs> yeah, I, that's why I brought it up. No, I'm just going to actually forgot to tell you about it. You it is it's funny too when we talk behind the scenes. A lot of times there there is this collaboration of like, well, that's cool, this is cool, and then you kind of pump out something, and then sometimes it will just be something that like, here you go, and it's fucking dope. Like uh, the thumbnail you gave me today was just like, you just I don't even know why the fuck you did it. Just out of nowhere, I was like, I didn't even ask. I was like, aw, because <laughs> I love so, you. <laughs> yeah, that was that was fucking sweet, and it's fucking cool. Like if you guys look at this uh this thumbnail he just just added just on sh- for shits and gigs just threw that together and it looks fucking dope trippy as hell i said it looks like dragon ball like i'm dropping like a spirit bomb or some shit for any of you anime nerds you understand that so yeah it looks like i'm doing some like weird fucking weeb shit so <laughs> i felt yeah. so bad because he made a great uh, oh god don't bring this up <laughs> he made a great uh thumbnail for the four horsemen number three with dave smith and so i posted it on twitter and then Dave didn't retweet it, even though I tagged him in. And then Ryan saw it, and he was like, "I'm not short and fat." And I was just like, <laughs> "I was like, hey, this, sorry, man, I love this thumbnail, but it's not taken off with two of my guests. So I guess like we're just gonna have to do the normal." And he's like, "Yeah, whatever." But that, did, that was did, kind of funny. Didn't we then share it out later and then edit it even shorter or some shit? Yeah, just to like- we were all like, ta- <laughs> that was when Ryan was still on Twitter, and we were all tagging him. Um, and we're like, hey, is he really that short? Like, I think he's like at least five six. And then, yeah, yeah, it was like, <laughs> that was an oversight. I'm sorry. God, who was it? Didn't we do the same thing with like Tom? Whoa, shit! We just lost James. Uh, didn't we do the same thing with uh, Tom Woods or some shit? I remember it was. I think it was you and Tom. Yeah. They just like increasingly made him shorter and shorter. <laughs> yeah, I'm like six inches taller than him or something. So then people like someone put him in my pocket, and then someone like <laughs> made him under my shoulder. It was kind of funny, but. Well, we lost James. Hopefully, he comes back. Um, yeah, if any, of you, if you, uh, if he doesn't come back, Toad or or, or uh, Cole, if any of you guys in there, you guys are free to hop in. I know you have the link. Uh, yeah. I did want to say, Carlos said you did my art, and he said thanks. So I just want to point that out. Uh, you know, you really do are doing a ton of people's stuff out there. Oh, James is back. What's up, dude? Hi. We lost you. Did you miss me? Yeah, we yes. miss you. <laughs> um, all right, I don't know if you guys have much to say, but I did want to like talk on a little bit how like we all support each other and shit. And, like, uh, I guess maybe we could tie this into, like, grifting or fucking, uh, what's the other term? The other buzzword? Clout. Clout. Like, and, uh, I mean, sure. I I would say there are, I guess there is a differentiation to be made. If you are someone who's just, like, clearly trying to shoehorn yourself into social situations in order to use other people, then sure. But it is a little bit different. There's, like, a difference between that and, like, it's technically both are networking there is different too, where you legit just make friends and go from there. Because there, I mean, as we alluded to in the beginning, I have no problem with cutting people out that I find to be a negative influence out real quick. Mm-hmm. I'm having on the block button. So if anyone I'm interacting with is because I, you know, get along with, I mean, I'm, I've been upfront with a lot of people that I'm not a very social person. So we're like, I have no problem fucking boop block. See, ya. like I don't, I don't give a shit. Like I, I don't, I, I can keep my circle real small. It, it doesn't bother me at all. So. Like, if I'm interacting with people like this, it is like, it's not, I'm not doing it to like use people because I don't, I socially interacting to some extent is a little bit of a chore for me already. So to then go the extra thing of like, now it's going to be someone I don't like, or, or I'm putting an act on. It's just, it's not a thing. And I know a lot of people, so there is something too that people that do that, but I feel like those get rooted out real easily because you don't want to enter. I feel like people can, has a sniff test of like. <laughs> I can tell what this person's about and I don't really want to interact with them. And they kind of just get shoved to the wayside anyways. So it's like this weird thing where if you're genuine it actually ends up working out better. So you end up being more successful. So, but then people try to, I, I feel like there's a lot of jealous people try to like shoot you down as if like you're, Oh, you're using people. It's like, no, people like me and I like them and we yeah. help each other out. So I don't know if you guys have any, anything on that. And so, yeah, I mean like me and Ryan Dawson, Ryan Dawson, is probably responsible for 50% of my following just because I mean, like half of my fans are Ryan fans, but you know, like 
I mean, he's a liability because he brings a lot of fucking <laughs> parasites that, you know, just like want to destroy you. Like, I mean, just like people who just follow you and try to ruin you if you have him on your show. So, um, you know, like I've, I made a Twitter profile for him after his got banned to try to help him build himself back up. I'm always like retweeting his stuff. I try to help him out too. So if I just like used his clout to gain a bunch of followers and then I kicked him off to the wayside and like disregarded him and said, fuck you, like and moved on, I think that would be shitty. But you know, if you're actually becoming friends with these people and you're trying to build them up at the same time, I don't think it's, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Obviously, you're going to try to build from where you are. So, like, Ryan has gotten, you know, Sean Atwood on my show. Um, and then, like, Dave got Tom Woods on my show. And uh, Eric got Abby Martin on my show. You know, like, so these are, like, connections that you're going to make. And you're going to try to progress and make yourself bigger. But I think the shittiness is if you do that and then disregard people, you don't help them out. Or especially if you lie to them and stab them in the back and, you know, fuck them over, then that's, uh, you know, that that's uh, that's different. So I, I think that's where I draw the distinction. Yeah. I don't know if you have anything on that top. If not, we can. Well, yeah, I I have a big problem with people calling it grifting because I grift all fucking day long. Toplobster.com. <laughs> So it's not it's not grifting if you're giving yeah do you even grift bro i, <laughs> I if you're giving yeah if you're giving people a product that they consume and that they want i don't understand uh why why someone would call that would call that a grift it's it's a hustle and if you're not hustling right now in 2021 mm-hmm. when the world's going to shit and you need to create alternate sources of income for yourself and your family and whatever the fuck you want to do like like James just mentioned before, he's working remotely. He's setting himself up for the Great Reset or whatever they have for us next. I mean, what are you guys really doing? And if if you're going to spend your time tearing down other people who are building, it, we shouldn't really we shouldn't really be around you or be associating with you. And and I love everyone in this movement, but like, get your shit together. That's what uh, James was just talking about. Uh, about like, you know, the wealth power influence, Jason Stapleton sort of libertarianism, if you will. And people are attracted to that. People pe- people like me are attracted to that because th- there is truth to it. Whereas now the other side, the other side that is, and I don't mean to like trash the principal side, but if, if that side is going to remain principled and, and that's going to be their thing and then they're going to tear you down, I kind of want to go the other way. And yeah. I don't know. How, how do you feel about that, Reed? I don't want to... I do want to say thanks for the $10, Marshall, but but you don't have nothing in the comment, but that's it. Yeah. Go ahead, Reed. Um, I, I, about the whole sentiment or the principled thing? or Yeah, the principled... I don't want to speak out of turn and, like, call people that are... I, I don't know. I, like, are those people even principled at that point? Are they principled libertarians if they're kind of aggressing against you or how you make... Do they even realize that they're aggressing against how you guys will eventually maybe even have a living. I mean, I think it'd be more specific. I, I'm not, I'm not sure what you're getting at. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know I, if you are. I, yeah. No, well, I, I, yeah. Just I don't know. Like a couple of weeks ago, people like launch a full blown attack against you. Well, oh well, yeah. You know, and it's, it's kind are of, they not, are they like violating the non-aggression principles that we were asking or not yet? Yeah. <laughs> I don't I, even know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, words are violence, bro. <laughs> Well, <laughs> they can be like if they're yeah. if it's defamation, if it's libel, if it's not true, and they're trying to trash yeah. you, and like, yeah, then it becomes aggression. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with your situation though, like they kind of did. I don't know if I'd call it aggression, but you responded in kind. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're I mean, not going to go into specifics like, of that, but yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, I will like especially with that situation. I gave plenty of warning what I was going to do, and gave plenty of opportunity for reconciliation and it didn't take place. So then I brought the hammer down and that's the way I am in general. Like if, I mean, I'm all about open discussion and then, you know, hashing things out. But if you come at me sideways, especially like that, then I'm going to fuck you up. And so I did. And I don't have any regrets. Yeah. You know? it's, like, I mean, it's a once weird again, game. Yeah. Once yeah. again, I'm being vague, but uh, for those, I knew a lot of stuff going on in the, the background of that. A lot of people questioned the decisions made in that specific situation. It was super vague. A lot of people aren't going to get it. If, if this doesn't apply to you, then just don't worry about it. But I can tell you for sure, because I knew a lot of stuff going on in the background. 
Reed took the utmost diligence in, in to, to handle things as quietly as possible and to just to be like, hey, you guys are like strip lying about me and shit like that. And, you know, so a lot of people were like, oh, this was a little bit inappropriate and in how hard you came down. And it was like literally Reed that was nothing but factual and he did everything he possibly could to try to handle things. You know. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. In, in the quietly and to not have to do that because we no one wanted to but uh yeah anyways uh i don't know if james if you have anything to touch on without how like working together and kind of you know the, the shitty like clout or fucking you know yeah. rifting accusations and shit well first i'm kind of the opposite of you like um i i'm an extrovert and also i'm an adult child of alcoholics so i'm like just codependent as fuck um so i can't block anybody which is you know that's fine uh, it was, you know, it takes all kinds, I guess. But to that point, though, clout chasing is, I don't even see that as a thing, really. Like, yeah, I mean, everybody kind of likes attention. You, you kind of like to be well known. Um, it's not, it's not a bad thing. As for grifting, I mean, you just have to watch community that the, the, the show did a whole episode on grifting. It's not, it's not interviewing people on a podcast and asking for money for it. You know, I mean, people have been doing that for, for centuries. Uh, this is, this is, what we do is like legitimately intellectual labor. Like we we're, we're actually doing something. Grifting is selling snake oil. It's, it's conning people out of their money. Um, <clears throat> so I don't, I don't accept that as a descriptor of any, like, like I don't even really use it as a joke. Um, I think I have, you know, a couple of times, but. I do. I usually uh, embrace it. I find it better that way. It takes away its power. Yeah, yeah that, grifting. That's true. Wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't grifting be doing something like, like, let's say, I don't know, you guys are on a libertarian podcast, but you believe in zero libertarian values, like a Candace Owens type kind of thing. That's grifting. Well, you guys, yeah, yeah. I see. You guys seem to believe what you're what you're talking about, and you're you're actually living out your principles. I know. If I yeah. if I don't believe what I'm saying, then I choose to say a lot of things that make people really angry on Twitter all the time for no apparent reason. <laughs> you get off on that though. <laughs> as the great Brandon Cluffington says, uh, "Grifting is when someone you don't like makes ten bucks." That's what. <laughs> <laughs> that dude is yeah. the funniest guy on Twitter. I, I think oh, on, he's probably the funniest person on Twitter. Oh yeah, no, yeah. He, he for sure is. He's fucking hilarious. Ooh. Underrated <laughs> account. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> It's absolute bombs. Uh, all right, cool. I want to tie this into this 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 idea of supporting liberty and how that shit works. I want to tie it into the current situation we're going through with all this COVID mm-hmm. stuff. So I think the probably the, the, I'm going to start it with like the Vax passports, which I know that's not an issue in every state, but I know there was a big issue a while ago, which I kind of wish Clint had been here because it kind of just applied to him. So you know we're not talking shit about Clint here. You know we all love Clint. Uh, if that comes up, if we disagree with him, it's not any slight against him. Uh, but I know there was an issue with like him and Drew and like Ace a while ago. And I, I think the, the key here is I know a lot of people are like the, Oh, we, we, we need to just fuck principles or whatever. And my thing is if your principles aren't serving you, you probably need to, your principles are probably wrong. You need to get better principles is, is my thing. But even then, I think the sentiment that a lot of people yeah. have of like, oh, guys, give me a second. 
I'll be back. Oh, you're good. Uh, that we need to like fuck over principles is wrong. I think I think a lot of this can be solved through supporting each other. So like uh, I made a comparison I think a while ago to a few people and to like the MLK and the fucking like the Malcolm X. Like Malcolm X, what he wanted to do was essentially he wanted like the the black people to have like a separate economy almost. And I think there's something to that with like the liberty movement at large. Obviously, like it's not gonna be like we're gonna magically break off, but just something as simple as when you can, you know, this is kind of like agorism, you know, ish too. Like when you can, I mean, it's different for everybody. Try your best to maybe give your money to a local business yeah. or or a someone who you know is involved in the counter economy or whatever, or not to Amazon. Just little shit like that, or just other stuff like that, just supporting each other in general. I think will help out. Say with like the Vax passports, for example. Like if you fucking, if you are, if you find some business that really doesn't give a shit, support the fuck out of them. Like, and, and, and don't support the ones that are, you know? So it's just shit like that. Like that is, I know people are like, oh, you know, well, we should be doing, you know, I don't know, one example, sit in protests. And they're like, okay, cool. I, I've, I, I'm not entirely sure that protests are useless or not. But I very much get the sentiment they don't really do a fucking thing, personally. I, I don't know. I'm sure there has been examples of when they have. It just seems kind of like a, I don't know. It seems useless to me for the most part. I might be wrong. But uh, I'll let you guys have thoughts because I do think there's something there to if we start coming together. Like, I think one of the things over 2020 is that we probably should start taking notes from the left. And that's a big thing they're talking about, like, working together. I mean, I'm not saying be collective, collectivists and drop all, you know, individualism but work as individualists a union of egoists for anyone who's familiar with sterner so uh you, you got any ideas any thoughts on that james yeah well i think as far as protests go it kind of depends on who's doing the protesting mm -hmm. um i so i like i live in minneapolis and the weekend after george floyd was murdered last year uh there were street protests and riots and burning down buildings and police stations and so forth and then like that tuesday all of our restrictions were lifted um, that's not what they were protesting, but that was the result of their protest. There's absolutely no way you can convince me that the governor of Minnesota lifted those pro lift, would have lifted those mandates if they hadn't had burning down Minneapolis. So you're saying we should destroy private property and harm individuals? Yeah, you know, I think that there's something to be... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, and in L.A., uh, the Libertarian Party, especially Angel McArdle and the Mises Caucus, um, they recently protested the vax mandate that the city hall was going to vote on and they didn't even hold the vote. I don't know if one thing led to the other, but I don't think that they hurt the, I, I don't think that, um, that they hurt the cause. Uh, New Zealand is now lifting all of their restrictions. They had the most onerous lockdowns in the world. I don't know if you remember, but they had that COVID zero, uh, policy and like they were even worse than Australia, which we, we keep hearing about Australia, but New Zealand was terrible. Um, and it, it, it especially hurts because New Zealand was always like in the top you know, three or four freest countries in the world prior to COVID. Um, but they had street protests uh, and they're now lifting all of their restrictions because they understand, yeah, these restrictions aren't going to stop the Delta variant from spreading or whatever. Um, so I think that there is something to be said for protesting. That said, I don't protest. I, I think it's boring and just not really my scene um, yeah. because I, I don't like attending super spreader events without masks. Um, on the other hand, Minnesota doesn't have a vax mandate and I don't think they will. But most of our concert venues and comedy clubs and that sort of thing are checking for vaccine passes at the door. And uh, so, like, I've, I've had to get refunds on a ton of concert tickets. Um, and, and I'm open about the fact that I'm vaccinated, but I'm not going to show my papers. I'm, I'm just not going to do it. And, you know, I'm like writing letters and shit like that. I don't know if that does anything or not, um, but maybe it does. I mean, maybe, maybe my letter will be just added to the pile of all these people that are getting refunds and not patronizing these, these venues. So I think every little bit helps. I hope every little bit helps. And I'm definitely, like you said, uh, we've got the Acme Comedy Club in Minneapolis, which is like a legendary comedy venue. And they're like, look, you're, you're on your own. You're, like everything's optional. Um, and we're definitely patronizing them a lot. And you know, I've been tweeting at them and stuff, encouraging them to continue with that policy. So I, I hope that, I hope that, and actually here's one other thing. This is, this is really small, but there's a, there's a local news outlet that, they do like the, they just basically run down the stats from the Minnesota Department of Health every single day, you know, the number of deaths, the number of new cases, the number of hospitalizations. And they had always just like lumped in all the deaths, but Minnesota, and I think probably every state, they will just report like 15 deaths. Well, you know, 12 of those deaths might've happened in January and we don't know because, you know, it's just, it's just a number. Um, 
And after enough pressure from me and other people, we've gotten that news outlet to start saying, you know, how many deaths were this yesterday and how many were six months ago, which I mean, it's, it's not, it's not a lot, but it's, it's also not nothing. So, um, I think social pressure and protesting and stuff does have its place. What was the question? Uh, it was just, we were talking about how uh, supporting each other or just supporting each other as a movement can kind yeah. of fucking work into, specifically in relation to the Vax passports. Yeah. Which, uh, I mean, because I know that was a big thing. Uh, like I said, wish Clint had been here. Uh, I mean, it, it, it was kind of fell through because that was a big thing recently, I know, like between him and Ace and, and Drew and kind of like, should we sacrifice our fucking, uh, our principles or whatever to do this or that? Um, which, I mean, like I've said already, like if you're, if your principles, I'm, I'm very stern or ask if your principles don't yeah. serve you, then you should probably get new principles. So if, <laughs> like, if I, if, if I see a business with an anti-war or a, you know, masks are optional or whatever sign, um, on their door, then I'm going to patronize that over one of their competitors without, without question. Yeah. Which, I mean, I know a lot of people are like, well, that's not good enough, but I think it, it, even if there are people patronizing other businesses, it does create this separation to where yep. it's like, there, there's, it's almost like these two different economies, which I'm completely all for. Like, you know, I do want to create these pockets of liberty, essentially. Uh, all right. So I don't know if you, you want to expand on this at all, Reed, if you got any thoughts on the, on the subject. I know, because uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if I ever got your take with all that stuff, and I, I do think this kind of plays into it, so... Yeah, well, I think people are blurring lines that don't have to be blurred. Yeah. I think you can oppose government mandates without supporting other government mandates. And uh, I just did that <clears throat> on, uh, what is, is it only Tuesday today? Yeah, so yesterday in Utah, the uh, the business interim committee of Utah wanted to hear what the citizens of Utah thought about mandatory vaccinations. Um, so over 900 of us showed up virtually and in person and out of the 900, only a few dozen people supported it. <laughs> so it was a deafening rejection of uh, vaccine passports. I think that type of stuff matters. You know, like I think that that sends a message and not just to the governing body, but to people who hear about it. You know, it's inspiring. And it was honestly like one of the most hopeful political moments of my life that I've ever had, because my whole life has been pretty depressing politically, like things, you know, I'm 27, so throughout the entire time I was aware of what's going on. It's only gone downhill, but this was great. Um, it was just person after person talking about bodily autonomy, personal liberty, uh, self-ownership, you know, the fact that the government has no right, no constitutional right, no God-given right, whatever you want to think, you know. Then there were some people who were even saying, like, this was a vaccine of Satan or whatever, and yeah, I, mean, I didn't care. I was just, like, happy that everyone was against it. Um and then on the other hand, uh, when you're talking about supporting each other, I think that takes the biggest power away from the state when you are self-sufficient and when you yeah. can help other people. And it's funny because I know I've been uh, I've had some tension with the post libertarians and I'm making that up. I'm going to have uh, Andrew from Popular Liberty on my show and I'm trying to mend that bridge there. But I actually live the way that they talk about living and the way they live. You know, like I gave out over twenty thousand dollars last year to people. Uh, I had a friend who had to have uh, chest surgery. Um, I bought a new car for my dad. Uh, I helped someone out who needed help with rent and, you know, no interest. <laughs> like I just gave them cash and they paid me back. And I think that that is the best way that you can empower individuals, empower yourself and, you know, take the power away from the government. So, yeah, I think making your voice heard, um, helping each other then like you guys said patronizing places that uh um you know that are going to resist mandates or you know keep an open market to people who don't want to comply with what the federal government wants i think that's all what we got to do yeah i think it was albert knock i believe in our in the, the book our enemy of state at the beginning he goes into how the state takes over is they have these issues he's like especially like welfare type issues where it's like hey here's this this group of people who need this help or whatever, and then they they give them money. And usually in most cases, these people were getting some sort of aid from the private sector before, but then once the government gets in there, five, ten years down the line, they act like it never had any sort of support from the private 
sector at all. And now it's like, well, what would you do without us? And so it's like, it's very much like if we want to ever get rid of a state, there is some aspect of like, you know, mutual aid that needs to be done. Uh, you know, I, I'm not saying go give away all your fucking money. You know, it's, 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 it's different for everyone. It's very mm-hmm. subjective and individual to what your needs are. But if you are, it, it really is it's like that. If that's, if that's the future you want to see, if you want to see a future with no government, you kind of need to, you know, support others to some extent, even if it is as simple as supporting people with your money, like economically, like, uh, instead of going to Amazon, you went to the, the bookstore down the road or whatever, you know, stuff like that. It, like little shit like that makes a difference. I'm not saying go, you know, give all your money to charity. Like it really can be as simple as, you know, like I said, like, you know, some little store or whatever. Um, but yeah, now I do want to bring this into, a lot of stuff with the vac, the vaccine with like work and stuff like that. A lot of people are like having are getting in the situation now where they may not be able to work anymore because or have to leave their job or whatever. And that, that's a thing right now where essentially what we're having is we're having this. And once again, this is another thing where I kind of wish we had Clint and maybe we'll talk about some other time. There was someone who was trying to recently was a uh, uh, fucking added me or, or no, they were kind of getting trying to get me and Clint because we disagree on this one, which is fine. I mean, I'm, I have no problem disagreeing with friends. I have nothing against. Uh, against fucking uh, Clint at hey, all. Listen, uh, I I kind of take Clint's position. So if you want to yeah. talk about it, I can. Yeah, talk no, we can do that. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. With the whole like, because we're kind of getting at uh, with the don't comply thing, and I I'm of the opinion it really depends. So I mean, I think most people should not comply if you can. And all the people are like, it, it's become this like hard line stance that like everyone should not comply. And and I've gotten a lot of shit for this, and I'm saying it really is situational. Uh, like if you're in a situation where you're going to ruin yourself financially, mm-hmm. I think you're actually kind of dumb to do so to, to like, if you're in a situation where you're going to like run yourself, especially if you have family, if you're single, it's a little bit different. If you're single, most cases, if you have skills, stuff like that, you have stuff you can fall back on. Uh, but for the most part, that's not the case for most people. So like, there's a lot of people out there that if you're, if you have a job and if they're like, Hey, you need to do this or you're going to get fired. And if you're going to make – if you say you already have debt or whatever, if you're going to ruin yourself financially, it's not the greatest idea, especially if you have family. It's, it's individual is my point is it was what I'm getting at. And I think sometimes it's almost silly to to not go along essentially. <laughs> Polo said, Jose, you die a martyr or you're dead to me. Uh, and, and so basically my whole point I want to get at is everyone's – essentially I think anyone with this situation who can not comply should – and those that, ha- that ha- feel like they have to should support those who aren't going to comply. And then on top of that, I think this is uh, – it was Magnus from a video who said uh, mutual aid. So if, you, if you're in a situation – so I think those who are able to should start doing shit because I feel like most people don't want to comply. So that like it's just some people feel like they kind of have to because of their given situation, which it, it does kind of blur the lines because it is like – you know it's like, well – this isn't necessarily the government doing it. So it's like, oh, well, you can just get a different job. But it's it's different for everyone. That's easy to say. You know what I mean? For a lot of people to be like, oh, just get a different job. It's like, well, you don't know the fucking situation. So it's as simple as like, it really is individual. So I don't know if you have anything to that. Because the whole point I was getting at was like supporting supporting each other and shit like that. So, And I'm not even saying that like people should comply. This is not an endorsement of compliance at all. I'm just saying... It's different for everyone. Just like I wouldn't say everyone should. I mean, it'd be magical if we could get everyone to stop paying taxes right now, but they're not going to. So obviously, I know these are different, two different things. They aren't like uh, like or like comparisons, but it's kind of the same idea. That's like some people just can't. I mean, I guess you could say they physically can, but there it's different for everyone. To say that someone should sacrifice this because of that, it kind of goes against individualism in a lot of ways. It really is depending on the scenario. So go ahead. Uh, I think it really depends on, uh, you know, personally how much it matters to you, because there are some people who like uh, like you got vaccinated. Right. I mean, you didn't. uh, Sorry, I forgot your name already. (laughs) Uh, It's James. James. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, you got vaccinated voluntarily, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not a red line for you. So if it's for somebody else, if it were a red line, um you know then i think they uh, they i don't know if you're going to set a red line i don't think you should let it be crossed so just be smart about what your red lines are 
Um, you know, I'm a single guy, I don't have any kids and I'm financially well off. So yeah, for me, like I'm not going to comply and I don't know what it would take in order for me to comply with it. Like I, I get there. I mean, if they were going to kill me or something, if I didn't take it, then yeah, I'd probably take it. So it just depends on like what your situation is and what you care about, because I think it is kind of subjective here. Um, yeah, that's my point. <laughs> we go well, yeah. yeah. What I'm saying is, like, you should be smart with what you set your red lines to be, but you shouldn't violate those red lines. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to be like, this is the line that I will not cross. And then you have to actually stick to it. I don't know if you'd agree with that, but. Well, I mean, it depends for me. I mean, a lot of people are like trying to bring this to like principles and I don't really. I, I I don't know. I guess for me, my ultimate principle is my family. So I'll, I'll be honest. A lot of people say this is just me like coping. I actually would have this opinion before, but like for my thing is like, I essentially, I may need to, I'm doing everything I can. I'm dragging my feet in every way I can, but I may have to for, for my situation for healthcare reasons to be able to keep my healthcare. And my wife is literally an epileptic. So if we're not able to afford her medication, she will fucking twitch out. So like, um, but Sorry, I got zoned out. I saw a text from my wife. But uh, anyways, yeah, I mean, for me, that's the current situation. If I walk away, I'm doing everything I can to, you know, be able to. I got multiple hustles going on. I'm trying my best to not be able to. But, you know, the government's also got their dirty dick beaters in the fucking healthcare system. So they've kind of screwed that all up. So it's like it's borderline impossible for me to afford private health insurance on my own and to be able to get the medication that my wife needs. And obviously every situation is different. So I do think if you're like a single guy with a good job and a and a and a skill set that's applicable in other spots, I think you're kind of retarded if you comply and you don't want to be vaccinated. It's kind of like, well, why would you just not make a stand and just like, but it's different for everybody. So, I mean, it's extra annoying for me because I'm fucking I've literally had COVID. So there's no medical reason whatsoever uh, that I would need to. But yeah, anyways, my point I'm getting at is. I kind of zoned out. You can go ahead, though. <laughs> you have something to say? James? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I do. Um, I think, like, in the big picture, mass noncompliance is probably for the best. Uh, but at the individual level, like, I I aspire to be what um, – I forgot the author's name, but I don't know. Curtis, Yar- Curtis Yarvin's been writing about it a lot lately, the, the kind of the path of the anarch, the um, – Sort of the antithesis of the monarch the person who doesn't have a ruler but on the individual level it's not like an anarchist who thinks that there should be no rulers on the grand scheme it's just a person who doesn't have a ruler and if if that means kind of forging your own path by taking a vaccine that you don't necessarily need but it will benefit you in the long run in other ways then then go for it you know like i i don't i don't see it as you I think a lot of people see if you, Jose, who is a, a, like a wannabe influencer in the liberty movement, um, if you compromise this principle, then you're a traitor to the cause. But in reality, you have to be true to Jose. You have to do what's best for you, not what's best for the cause. Um, where, like somebody, somebody above in the chat said, Clint's not a socialist, so it doesn't make sense. And that's right. Like, we're not socialists. We don't, we don't have collective morals here. Um, there are there are certain libertarian principles that we shouldn't violate, but that doesn't make us traitors to some like movement or whatever if we if we violate those. And I don't even think that getting the vaccine because your insurance provider says you need to rises to the level of uh, compromising principles. Now that being said, I do think that mass noncompliance is better on the grand in the grand scheme of things. Which, I mean, so, to, to, I, I know what I was kind of getting at, too. If you want that mass com- noncompliance, I think this chilling effect that we're kind of having in the movement of people like me who say stuff like, hey, maybe not every, maybe for some people the better option is to do it. It depends. I think most people should not comply. If you can not comply, I think you should not comply. But we need to be cognizant of there are people who feel like they need to, and it is an individual uh, thing. So if you want to, like, you can have this chilling effect of everybody, you must comply, you must comply, you must comply and kind of be borderline shitty to people. But all you're going to do is you're creating a chilling effect, and now these people just aren't going to talk about it. They're still going to make the same decision one way or another. Because in the day, they obviously are in a situation where it's like, hey, they have to, you know, whether it's their family or whatever, they say they have a ton of debt or whatever, whatever their given situation is, 
they are already basically decided what their decision can be. Now, it would be better off if you're in a spot where people can have this open and honest discussion to where you're like, hey, so-and-so does this. And then that's where you can start having stuff like mutual aid and shit like that. But now if you don't even have that discussion, if you're just trying to shame people into one position or other, now you kind of cut that out where it's not a thing anymore. So it's like I feel like actually being open like this causes – can actually be more productive towards your ends. Like if you want more people to not comply, I think you need to be essentially not trying to like shame people into like not com- non-compliance. Like I just feel like that just doesn't serve your ends. You know what I mean? So I think uh, people are not willing to be uncomfortable anymore, and I think that's a problem. I think people conflate discomfort with impossibility. I mean, you know, I've I've lived in you know a few different states around the country. I've just moved to get a different job or have a different experience, and that's something that used to be an American ideal was to just uproot and leave and go chase something better and that's uh something we uh you know we don't do anymore so i think that um you know that's a factor too i think people should be willing to be uncomfortable you know i mean so like i I think people should really be weighing is this going to actually ruin my life or does it mean i'm just going to have to get a different job or i'm just going to have to do something a little bit differently because um there's a difference there yeah, but I mean, even then, though, I think it's. I mean, we we're all Austrian economists here, or not economists, but we're we're into Austrian economics. Yeah, yeah, and so it's everything subjective. So it is like, I mean, yes, you could have someone who is like, maybe we, from our subjective opinion, are like, dude, like, why are you not? But in the, the day, if they're not going to, they're not going to, and it's kind of almost better to know than to just assume these people are going to non-comply because they're sort of on your team. So I, I don't know. I, I think having this weird chilling effect doesn't really help. And I don't think it really changes much people in one way or another. And uh, I mean, one thing popular liberty says a lot is like people act their incentives. So, I mean, I know for me, I mean, if you haven't realized that there's an incentive for liberty, uh, it's kind of like, I don't know what to tell you. Cause like, I mean, I just got out of active duty military recently. So a lot of people know that about me. And it was actually, I feel like a lot, of, I, I, I always try to emphasize that this wasn't some like great sacrifice I made it was actually that I realized like, I don't think this is works out to my benefit for me, my family, everything I, or just like Liberty at uh, in the whole, like, so I, that was why it's like, to me, it's kind of like, I realized I kind of like learned more about economics and stuff that I don't think this is going to work out well in the long run. Uh, I mean, part of it too, was that I felt like shit doing it. So it, it was like an incentive thing. So it's like, if people aren't there, they aren't there. So but uh, yeah, I know we're getting kind of close. I know you got your Siraj episodes. We're probably going to get moving. So I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts on this. So and we don't have to beat a dead horse. But <laughs> Yeah, I would just say like, uh, you know, I, I think it's good to think about what your principles are and designate them and then follow them. I think it's like you said, like if you have principles that I might word it differently than you. If you have principles that you're not willing to follow then they're not good principles or you're not a good person or the other, like you're not, I mean, so figure out what you're actually going to stand up for and then stand up for it and, you know, make the necessary changes, but uh, don't preach at other people to be a certain way mm-hmm. and, you know, not do it yourself, you know? So I, I would just say like lead by example, you know, like show people the way I think you're right. If you're just shaming them that you're not going to inspire them to be any different. I think if they see you living the way that you preach, that's going to be more inspiring that they're going to want to follow in your footsteps. Um, so, yeah, that's my thoughts on that, I guess. All right, cool. I know you got to get going. So if you guys want to go ahead and drop your plugs and uh, in the meantime, if we have any super chats, we'll, we'll hit those up. Uh, Ralt Shawan, I don't know how the hell you say the name. Uh, Happy 100. Thanks, man, for the 10 bucks. Uh, but you guys go ahead and drop your plugs and uh, we'll read their super chats in the meantime. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the naturalist capitalist on YouTube at Reed Coverdale on Twitter. Uh, I'm actually about to go live with Siraj Hajmi. Um, so you can jump over to my channel and check that out if you want. Uh, hey, Jose, congrats on 100. It's been oh, thanks, man. It's been great uh, getting to know you and hang out with you. And uh, I think you're fucking hilarious. And <laughs> I, I love that you're such an agent of chaos in general. It just, uh, <laughs> you know, we. There aren't too many people who are willing to just like go balls to the wall and say what they think and ruffle feathers and not care about who it pisses off, if not care about who you know what friendships it ends or whatever. So, uh, I really appreciate that about you, and I'm 
Uh, glad you made it to 100. Hope for 100 more. Yeah, no, the secret to that is being a bad person. So, <laughs> uh, go, go ahead, James. And yeah, I, I appreciate it, Reed. I definitely, you you were probably like the my big break. I mean, I can't remember if it was you or Josh's show I went on first, but it was it was one of you guys's. So that was like probably the biggest show I'd been on. But uh, go ahead and uh, give your plug, please, James. Sure, yeah, Blackbird Podcast and all your favorite podcatchers. Also on Odyssey, if you just have to watch it on video for whatever reason. There's no video, it's just the audio, but it's there. It's also YouTube if you must. Um, and then at James L J on Twitter, stops me a follow and I will love you forever. Um, I'll just close with Matt Erickson's great quote. Liberty is not something that you ask for. It's something that you create. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Reardon, I would say there's no, no hard feelings. I didn't even remember that we, we got into it. Cause I mean, I had a few people jumping down my throat when I mentioned that in the Denny episode, cause in uh, the 500, by the way, it was just a, a, a number I threw out. Because uh, it was kind of like my point was I don't want to. If they, if I was able to afford it, I would. That was just the number I made up. I don't fucking know. And, and it wasn't at all like begging for money. Just so you know, Ruben. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, no more super chats. Uh, yeah, with that, I have the No Way Jose YouTube channel. Uh, I'm all major audio podcatchers, Odyssey. Um, you can follow me at Galley San Jose on Twitter. Uh, Patreon comms is No Way Jose 2020. Like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Definitely go check out Reed's episode with uh, with. Uh, Fuck, I forgot his name already. Siraj. Sashimi yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with that, I'm going to run the ad. And, uh, if, you, if you guys want to stick around, we'll shoot the shit after. That's cool. I know you're probably not going to read, so you're going to go to your, do your thing. But uh, I appreciate all you guys being here for my 100 episode. I really appreciate everyone's helping me get here, You know, especially like Dave, Reed, James, uh, Top. Uh, yeah, and the, you guys listening now. So, yeah, with that, I'm going to go play the ad, and we'll be out of here. Appreciate it. Oh, that okay. doesn't – inflation uh print more money screw economy okay okay (laughs) all right if you love playing fantasy football but struggle to find the right resource to help with your research the guys at football insider edge have you covered whether you are a season-long player focused on DraftKings or FanDuel contests or just like to make the occasional wager each week on a couple of games Football Insider Edge provides you with the research tools and in-depth analysis to take your game to the next level. With their proprietary model, matchup charts, and industry award-winning content, the team at Football Insider Edge have devoted themselves to educating their subscribers, helping them improve their play, and a few special moments winning life-changing money. They are proud of the community they've built through weekly interaction on their Slack chat channel and take great pride in helping others to achieve their goals of becoming better fantasy players. As supporters of the show and of the Liberty Movement as a whole, they are currently offering a 20% discount on any monthly or full season plan on their website. Just go to footballinsideredge.com and use the code JOSE at checkout to take advantage of the discount offer today. So if you guys are fantasy football people, go check this out. It's a win-win-win. I win, you win, they win. There's no loss here. It's fucking capitalism, baby. Let's do it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.